morning, Robert. How are we? <coughs> well, you caught me flying past on the wings of an arrow. <laughs> want another one of those days? <laughs> Mate, honestly, I, you know, I'm going to stick feather dusters in each ear and a brush up my back so I can do the ice work while I fly around. <laughs> I can simply cut the grass and everything else at the same time. I'm, I'm, I'm working on inventing the, the 25th hour in the day. I think some days we could do with one, you know, just to catch up on ourselves. And I'm, I'm, I'm working on the eighth, eighth day in a week. Oh, don't go that far, don't go that far. There just isn't <laughs> enough time. I'm just like, ah, the phones won't stop ringing, everything's going, I'm like, I can't do it all. <laughs> Sorry, we need you now, we need you now. It's an emergency. Sorry, can't be there, I'm already on another emergency. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, you know. I said, just switch the foxes off for a minute. I'll come and deal with those rats. I'm dealing with rats in a minute. I'm in a feral pigeons. I'm like, ah, you know, I think you want I'm... one of those. Do you remember the little ticket thing at the deli counter in the supermarkets when they yep. came out years ago? You want to get your pest to take a ticket and wait the turn. <laughs> oh, mate, honestly. Morning, Fox. Morning, Badger. How long have you been here? I don't know, but I'm ticket number 9,099. <laughs> well, not Badger. We didn't do Badger. <laughs> no, you Badger's just Badger. getting some ham. <laughs> getting, some, getting some Badger hams. Uh, yeah. no, um, no, there was uh, a joke there, Rob. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> it, was, it was lost on me. Um, yes. No, honestly, I'm like, oh, you know, I, just start, I just take on so many new contracts. And there's one, and... I'm literally, I got the other day, I mean, it's bank holiday Monday. It's roasting hot. I'm sweating like a druggie on the gyro day. And uh, <laughs> I could have said Rolf Harris or Jimmy Savile or something, but I thought I'd better keep it a bit clean. Um, and uh, <laughs> and I got to the point where this feral pigeon job had such an infestation. I got to the point where I was sick of pulling the trigger. I just... That bad. It was, I literally... I couldn't load the magazines quick enough. I had four magazines running and in the in the air arms and between having to top up air and fill magazines, I, I just didn't stop. So quite unusual with it, with them as well. Is like normally if you leave them on the ground, they'll come into them or whatever, you know, and land and they're a bit stupid. But these feral pigeons and stuff ain't stupid. These are like you shoot one and if there's a dead one on the ground, they go mental. I mean, everything goes mental. Yeah, I had that once on a farm. As soon as you shot one, the rest of the flock on both all three barns then decided to take off and fly around <laughs> for 10 minutes and then they come back into a different barn. It's like, oh, my days. Yeah, they'd fly around in a circle. Well, well, these ones, I'm actually inside. I mean, this barn is 100... It's, it's a self-contained... There's, there's six of them on site. It's a training centre. Um, and it's a self-contained cattle and milking unit all self-contained cool. in the flooding. It's 120 metres long each one and 60 metres wide. And the cows pretty much milk themselves. I mean, you've got all sorts of toys. These cows have got toys. I mean, they've got like these brush things that, you know, the cows go up and they put their head in them. It's almost like a car wash. And they go yeah. in, they, you know, but there's all sorts of different toys these things got, like balls and square things and they nudge them and there's like salt lick block iron things and they've got to try and get round them and hold them and all sorts of stuff to get the salt off them and it was just quite, fun it's funny to watch i mean this one cow this 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 one milk cow she was there i watched her she was a i think she was she a devon red might have been and um it was something like that um it, and anyway um she was there she put her head in this machine and she's like oh yeah this is nice i'm getting my hair done and then she turned around and stuck her backside in it right <laughs> and it, it was just do you know that look of when you've got an itchy back and you've got to scratch it against the wall like baloo the bear and yeah. the look of it was like oh and this, this cow was there like with his eyes rolling and the tongue out going oh <laughs> and i'm like these cows these cows are happy cows <laughs> they're just happy. Only a reminder of the last visit from the bull <laughs> well yeah <laughs> but but as, as quick as say then a feed right these these feral pigeons are as quick as you shoot 10 50 come back and it's amazing like you know where they're coming from because it's like where the hell are these things coming from because i know the town's not a million miles away but i must be emptying their town center by now because 
are dealing with these feral pigeons, then they're, they're crapping everywhere. So it's a real public human health. You know, it's a training yeah. center for students. There's all sorts of different things. Um, you know, so you've got human health problems, you've got the animal health problems, and all the rest is in between. It's not what, just what they're eating, it's what they're pooing over in the map. So, you know, it's constantly be having to be disinfected and scrubbed down. Um, and I'm shooting these things, and I got sick of pulling the trigger. It was just like, oh. And uh, my oppo's with me, and I shot one, and I left it right in the middle of the, where it fell, right in the middle of the aisle. And the birds is coming in, and they're just hightailing it back out again. I mean, I could have shot another 20 by the time I reloaded the gun. Uh, but they weren't staying. And he said, you're going to pick that one up? I went, no, we can stay there for a minute. He said, well, you're not getting to shoot any birds. I said, yeah, but it's keeping them out, ain't it? I said, I need a rest. Pour a cup of tea. Give me a slice <laughs> of... <laughs> Had some lovely um, what are they, pecan and maple pecan tarts. They were bloody lovely. They were too cool. Oh, I sat there and I drank that. I had a lovely, proper, fresh brewed cup of tea, mug of tea, and uh, I just sat there for an hour and just sort of just chilled out. That was until the general manager came in and then he sort of said, um, "Oh, I love this rifle. Can I have a go in this pigeon land?" They went, "Yeah, here, you shoot the bleeding thing." Then <laughs> no, don't worry, I'll bill you for your labour later. He started late lighting. So he said, Do you mind if I give you I said, No, you're more than welcome. There you go. You crack on down there. So I, I pulled out my own old S410 and let him carry on with the S510. He went around the other units and kept things moving. And he came back. He went, Well, I've had a lot of shots. He said, But I think I just scared more than I hit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's the difference. But yeah. And uh, so yeah, but oh man, I just like. There's, Every time I go out on sticks, as if I was like moving and I use the trigger sticks, the cows, you can't get a shot because you're in the aisle, but they can reach, each side can reach out to the middle of the feed aisle. All right. Watch out. And every next thing you've got a tongue in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, Will you stop it? Lay off, Gladys. God, not in the mood. What's the matter with you? God, well, I God. thought you like stuff like that. Yeah, but it's usually the farmer's sister, not a bloody cow. <laughs> Same yeah. place. <laughs> what, same here, you mean? Wasn't the same place. As, yeah, but I say I've got a lot with um, Bucks Moocher and Liam and all that. They're like, oh, let's see a picture of the farmer's daughter and a farmer's sister and all this. And I'm like, yeah, a gentleman never kisses and tells, boys. You have to use your imagination. <laughs> you imagine them too with the KY jelly and their uh, marigold gloves as well. Yeah. And reminder, no swearing this week, young Keith Heaven. It wasn't me that swore last week. It was you. It was not. You said the foot word. Yeah, and then you said the other word, and I said, oi, no swearing. Well, two wrongs don't make a right, but hey, yeah. Right, go on then. Is am allowed to say bloody? Yes. Because <clears throat> there's bloody in the Bible, bloody in the book. If you don't bloody believe me, take a bloody look. I bloody will. <laughs> <laughs> Right, now I know you don't have a television, so this will be news to you, but do you know Mr. Jeremy Clarkson, Top Gear fame? Uh, uh, Big yeah. tall, uneven, uh, 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 Oh yeah, there was three of them in that Top Gear programme. Brian used to like watching it. Um, yeah, well, Jeremy and... Eh? Is he the tall one with the fluffy hair? Yeah. Right, okay, got you now. Um, he has left the BBC a couple of years ago and they've been doing the Grand Tour as they call it on Amazon Prime video and Clarkson in his wisdom has bought a farm a couple of years ago and he's now got a programme coming out about it on the 11th of June it airs and apparently it's looking quite good and he's going to actually showcase English farming as it should be not this um, fluffy bunny hugger idea of it all Oh, well, that'd be all right. It means it might be some proper viewing then. I might yeah. have to pop around your house. I might have to pop around your house and watch it. It's a bit yeah. of a long way for a three-hour drive to come and watch a program there. <laughs> but if you leave it for a couple of weeks, you can back them all up and we can watch two or three together. <laughs> oh, that sounds fair in the middle. Oh yes. Um, oh, that's all right. Well, at least at least. Uh, well, hopefully it'll be done right instead of a bloody, you know, what do they call it, plastic file or something on the telly. Yes. Well, put it this way, I follow Jeremy on Instagram and all that, like you do. And yeah. he had a new tractor and implement turn up last year and was rather excited about it, as you can get. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've, seen, dear. I've seen farmers get excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we all have. 
it's usually it's usually when the electric fence goes down and the bloody livestock ends up in the crop field. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah, I tell you what, I've been because I, 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 obviously, like you say, I haven't got a TV. Because quite frankly, quite a few years ago, I got fed up with the crap and the dribble they put on telly. So I done a Emily doesn't come anymore so I don't need a TV no, no kids to entertain so I got rid of all that and I just got a DVD player and a screen and um, I, I buy me DVDs and uh, I'll tell you what I bought last week and it came was um, the Pink Panther the original but the full five disc set alright bloody comedy genius Peter Sellers bloody brilliant and um, I was watching it the other night and uh I was, I was watching it and I tell you what it, although slapstick comedy and comedy genius it was like watching my old man my son Ryan and George Lily cut wood and things <laughs> it was funny but painful <laughs> yeah. you know it was like oh you know and it's just like and I'm like oh my god <laughs> and I mean it's Derrickson like I say watching my old man and George cut wood I mean, my old man taught me as, as a craftsman how to cut wood. And when I watched him cut a piece of wood the other day, it was painful. I mean, he had standing on bits of bloody bricks. He was trying to cut it on the top of the corner of the bloody decking. And and I'm like, why don't you use the workmate? There's a workmate there, Dad. Black and Decker workmate. Why don't you clamp it in there like you showed me and cut a proper... Ah, this don't matter. It won't be seen. It's going under the shed. I said, but you've still got to cut it right. You always said, no matter what you do, do it right. He said, well, I can't <laughs> use the workmate, can I? I said, why can't you use the work, mate? It's right there. He said, well, look what's in it. I went, it's a stick. He said, yeah, it's straightening the stick out. And I'm like, well, take it out, cut the wood, and then put them back in. No, my days. You know, and then I'm like, oh, my God. And they cut, and then, well, I mean, I tell you, he always winds my brother. My brother cannot cut a straight line with a saw if you could try. You can draw a pencil line. You can draw, you can even put a ruler that you got to cut along, and he'll still cut it crooked. Right? And my old man was the same last week. I said, oh, bloody, yes, this looks like a cockeyed Chinaman have cut this. <laughs> he said, it don't matter, it's going underneath, it won't be seen. I said, that's not the point. You've got to do it right. You know, it's like when I was build, we were building the, the, the hides and the, the, the high seats and George was on furlough and he was helping me when, and all right, and I built it rustic purposely because there's no straight lines in nature, you know. And he said, this is just overkill. You're building this too strong. And I went, no, I'm building this to last. I don't want to be doing this again next year. This has got to stay up in all winds and weathers, all the way through winter and everything else. And I don't want to come back and find half of it falling down. No. You know, and he's like, gosh, just overkill. You use too much materials. I went, this is this will still be here in 10 years. I guarantee you. You know, That's how long the last one's did, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, the, 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 this other um, high seat I've been doing um, on the other estate, I mean, I first built that one seven, about seven years ago. Uh, and uh, it would be all right if it wasn't for dastardly squirrels. The little, <laughs> the little twits have taken to eating the bloody high seat. And you're like, where's half that stair gone? It's like a bloody, it's like a beaver's gone at it on with, with a black and decker in its mouth. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, honestly, it's just cute. They just they ate my high seat. <laughs> They're in cahoots with the deer, I think. Oh God! I, I I got all the trail cameras out. Quite funny. I was going. I'll show you the picture. And I've got deer coming up, posing in front of the in front of the camera. And they've got one even looking like literally into the camera, going, "Hello, what are you then?" <laughs> oh, and I've got porn. <gasps> no. Yeah, I've got porn on my. I've got porn on my camera, on my trail cap. What type of porn? Well, food porn. No, this is fluffy tree rat porn. Ew. The, the the video makes some interesting watching. There's the mummy squirrel. She's running around in circles, and the daddy squirrel's chasing her and dancing and doing all sorts. And then mummy squirrel stops. Pulls on the tree, lifts her tail, and Daddy Squirrel says, "Here, I've got some nuts for you." Oh. And um, and she's there, you know, give it to me, Daddy, give it to me. And uh, at one point, she's got her hands in the air and going, "Hallelujah!" And Daddy Squirrel's there with his tail all straight and giving it, "Hey, baby, I loves you long time." So, and I'm like, 
I, honestly, I'm flicking through the pictures. Then the video came on, and I'm like, "Holy! What the holy moly! I've got a squirrel palm." Um, I know of a few sites you could probably upload that to, make some money. I've I've only kept it on file just to prove that it happened. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, we have some other type of porn as well. Right. We had pigeon porn. Oh, we get that here. My neighbour's disgusted. I'll tell you the story in a minute. Carry on. Right, but I tell you what, you know, the the cock bird, he was trying his artist, bless him. And he's fluffing his tail and puffing his chest out and going, and all this. And uh, she's like, nope, I'm not having none of it. Nope, looking the other way, looking the other way. And then just like a typical woman, she's like, oh, I'm in the mood now and lifts her tail. Well, and if, I'd, and if I'd have blinked, I'd have missed it. I, you know, if I if it wasn't rolling on the trail cameras, by God, they're quick. Yeah. You blink your eye and you missed it. And, and it was quite funny. He was in, wham, bam, thank you, man, gone. And she's like, got up, ruffled her feathers, looked left and right, and goes, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> it took her longer saying no than it did for him to carry on about his business. <laughs> well, as you know... Or where I live, it's rose houses, isn't it? Yep. And so it doesn't happen for us because there's no houses opposite. But our next door neighbour, um, they've got the start of the next road down below them. So when she sat in her front room watching television, the roof opposite reflects in the TV screen. Yep. So very often she's uh, subjected to a lot of pigeon porn as they're all three or four couples of pigeons all get it on along the ridge tiles and she come out oh you and the bloody nature she goes I was disgusted they're all sat there doing it the other morning in front of me <laughs> <laughs> I said well it's all natural you, know, you can't go wrong <laughs> the other week hang on a minute Just leave it it's not yours that's mine I've got a dog trying to enter into the podcast now um, morning goose you'll turn it off um, um, yeah I got called into a job the other week and I, it was it, again it, it, it was more about teaching someone animals when doing stuff but also she caused her own problem because she's feeding the birds and all the stuff dropping down and what does she get after feeding birds don't know Gaily tell raticus ah yes so you feed the birds you're going to get rats you know, it's in it, at some point in time you're going to get rats. Now, talking about animal porn, as it were, she, mm-hmm. said, she said, "I couldn't believe it." She said, "She said, of course, right, because she got rats, and she got and the next door neighbour's got chickens, but they moved." Long story, anyway. So she said, "I'm sat here eating my cornflakes in the, in the in the uh, on the patio. It's a lovely warm day." So I'm watching the birds. Lovely, she said. It's wonderful. I love love my birds. She said. And uh, she said, and along came the great big rat. She said, I couldn't believe it. She said, and he came straight up my bird table and sat on the bird table. Said, and then following along behind it was a slightly smaller rat. <laughs> and he climbed up the bird table as well. And while she was eating the fat balls, he, she, is that where is this posh lady? She said, she was eating my fat balls, and the other one came up and rogered her. <laughs> I said, I said oh, sorry, sorry, come again. She said, no, he did. I said, what? <laughs> on my bird table. She said, I'm going, going, going to take it out and burn it. She said, I'm not having that sort of behavior in my garden. <laughs> That's a good idea, because if you stop feeding the birds, you won't get the rats coming in here. They'll stay next door with the bloke with the chickens. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. She said, I couldn't believe it. I was eating my cornflakes. She said, and he rogered her. She said, I said to my husband, she said, look at that. He said, that rat's been rogered by the other rat. I said, what did your husband say? He said, lucky rat. This <laughs> 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 very posh lady wasn't very impressed. He <laughs> was quite a, quite a well-to-do, well-spoken gentleman. Had a wonderful sense of humour. And he said, Wish, like, wish we were rats and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> oh, Jeffrey, do behave yourself with that potty mouth of yours. 
and I started laughing. I was in, and then I left them. You know, I've put a few traps in, and well, yeah, I've got to go back. I've been going back every day, but um, I haven't told her how many I've actually killed because I think she'd freak out. <laughs> but, um, those those live catch rabbit trap uh, rat traps from from um, catch it traps. <laughs> those those multi traps, they're bloody brilliant. They do, are. Do you know how many I had in that one trap the other day, which is next to a fence, which the other side of that is the chicken run for a neighbours. Do you know how many I had in that in that rat trap? I'm going to say eight. Fourteen. Blimey. Yep. I didn't know which to shoot first. It was packed. I don't. I think <laughs> I'm about to let some out to let some go back in. <laughs> for a queue. For a queue. <laughs> for me, honestly, you know, and you put them little golden nuggets down, they go mad for it. Yeah. I'd say the trapping this year has gone absolutely crazy. I, I could have to have a where we catch it and get a few more traps in because I'm running out. Uh, oh, Mr. Elton. <laughs> yep, yep, I'm going to have to work. Squirrels, squirrels this year have gone absolutely bananas. Uh, just, i got squirrel work coming out of my ears, literally. It's just, I just can't deal with it quick enough. Well, it was that warm start to the spring and the wet month of May I'm going to say because there wasn't very many dry days in it it'll have another boost in another 30 days won't it well I think I think mama mama squirrel and daddy squirrel were staying in in those wet days and making baby squirrels <laughs> their own little lockdown <laughs> honestly they come they come down to my cameras where the feeders are and well they what, the, what they get up to is nobody's business I tell you yeah. Were you a little embarrassed, Rob? <laughs> well, I didn't know where to put my delicate eyes. I, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> oh, I don't know what I've got up on the estate. A um, couple of the guinea fowl from the farmyard. Just to walk all, I don't know what the way these things do it. They walk all the way around the estate. Everywhere. Uh, they just... They always come back to where they feed and everything else, but they go for a, like, a marathon hike. And uh, what's taken up, there's a young roebuck... Um, he's only a little little spiker, um, and he's taken up to walking around with the with the with the guinea fowl. So wherever the guinea fowl, go. young hmm. rope, bloody things coming in the yard, right? Whereas uh, every time you see him, you got it goes like this: it goes guinea fowl, roebuck, guinea fowl, and he he stays in the middle of the two of them. Hmm. Well, I reckon I reckon she's there pecking all the ticks off him or something. I don't know. Probably. Funny, it's funny as others. It's, it's you know, he's just they just wherever the guinea fowl are, this roebuck is. This he's only a young and he's like a yearling, not even well, yeah, thereabouts. Um he's only a young and like I say, and um he's, he's a handsome little fella. And uh, it's just quite funny to see him. He just he trots along with the guinea fowl wherever they go. And it's it's almost it almost reminds me of Lion King with Timon and Pumbaa. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like one of the guinea fowl one were off the deer will follow that one and the other guinea fowl will follow the deer oh dear I, I keep hearing Hakuna Matata what a wonderful phrase <laughs> <laughs> it means no worries all the rest of your days <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> 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 I'm just seeing it and as the seasons go on he's there getting bigger and bigger you know I mean, you can see the bed rocking the music playing and then this, this Robux just getting bigger and bigger <laughs> you know yes um, but yeah you know uh I know, I know, I'm the deer manager and everything else there, and I got, I, I call them sensitively, but I, I, I just, I'd much rather shoot them with a camera than I would a gun. Yeah, I think when you've got to our age and how much game we've um, dispatched over the years, there's nothing left to prove or anything. So it's just enjoyment now, isn't it? Yeah, see, I never had anything to prove anyway. It was the way I was, the way I was brought up as a countryman. As a countryman, it's you know nature's there to be enjoyed, but and 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 is this their natural wild place and where they should be? But also, you know, it's your job to be well. Like I say, the cogs in the machine. You, we have to keep the cogs in the machine the right size for the ecosystem to work. Um, so you know, obviously, you know, it, at some point, I'm going to have to probably probably take him out. Which is going to be a sad day for me, but um, nothing will go to waste. He will be a celebration 
you know, when that day comes, like I like with every deer I take, it, it all ends up on the table. Um, and what I've been doing with anything I've been culling just lately is I've been um, jointing it all up, making it oven ready, and giving it to OAPs and stuff. Because I mean, I know several OAPs, ex-farmers and all the, like farmhands and all this sort of stuff. They got no pensions. I mean, the bloody pension goes. No. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I know pensioners. They're li- barely living on a hundred quid a week. You know, if they're lucky, you know. And by the time they pay bills, they're sitting there paying a lot. Of food. Mm-hmm. Greg, Rob? you there? Hello? The line crackled. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Oh, I don't know what happened there. Don't know. Goose touch a phone? No, they're both asleep on the floor. Um, no. But like I say, the old age pensioners, their pension goes nowhere. Uh, no. and, and so, you know, I, I've, I've got like wild game on tap, as it were, you know. Um, so I've been, yeah, like I said, I've been, you know, part of teaching the game prep and everything I've been doing is it's all oven ready. So I'm delivering little parcels to old age pensioner friends of mine and and some um, families on really low incomes, you know, and um, single parents I know, uh, you know, and they're so grateful for the the, the meat this this on the table and it's natural, wild, healthy meat. Yeah, ethically sourced not intensively reared or overshot or anything like that you know like some of the pheasant shoots there they go out and shoot like a thousand birds a day and whatever else you know it's everything's ethically sourced um and and renewable and um yeah it's it's one you know that's the celebration of life if you're gonna take the life you've, you've got to use it and you've got to you've got to use every part I mean alright there's certain things you can I mean you know like the fox and things like that you, you know but again I only deal with foxes that attack livestock and, and stuff like that I don't just deal with foxes because they're a fox I mean alright there's things like rat um, perhaps if I was uh, some of them bat eaters I might do some more with it you still there? yeah bat eaters what? bat eaters you know where oh. supposedly COVID came from, the old nonsense. Oh right, yeah, bloody just because some twit at a bat and all this, it started a broadband. Right. Yeah, all right then. <laughs> Some sort of um, dipstick to believe that nonsense. Well, I had to start somewhere, I suppose. <laughs> I had to start with someone bloody letting it out and playing around with it. Yes. It's a bit like um, VHD and this mutated RHD and all this. That's also say come from a Chinese rabbit boat. Yeah, all right. A little bit like Mixie did then, did it, eh? Yeah? That's bloody humans playing God again. Yes. Bloody stupid humans. So, if it ain't broke, don't bloody fix it. Well, the trouble is, is, you know, as humans, we are a ghastly animal. That's the best word I have for us, ghastly. I mean... Name me another wild creature of this world that goes around destroying its own habitat. There isn't one. You know, precisely. So we're ghastly, stupid animals destroying our own planet. Um, And, you know, I I just look at people and shake my head. I mean, I see people and it's like the wheel's turning, but the hamster's dead. You know, so... Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah, there we go. Uh, So, um... Well, not about brain dead. Did you see now lockdown has virtually lifted? All the litter bugs are back out again all over the shop? Oh, God, yeah. They're talking about people, right? You know I'm on the farm here. Yeah. Right? Well, out the back of here on Bank Holiday Monday, well, you'd have think it was Breen Beach or something. There was people everywhere. Sat in all the farmers' fields, picnics, bikes, loud music playing, you name it. It was out there. There was hundreds of them. Bloody hell. I couldn't believe it. I looked out and I was like, what the hell's happened? We had Glastonbury descend upon us or something? <laughs> no, just, just a nail I was just about to phone up Michael Evis and say, hey, Mike, you've lost a load of your um, your Wally Dime bars that come in. What's your stuff? I said, they more like <laughs> skills. But yeah, no. So as it's the Fat and Airy weekly podcast and um, obviously we're supposed to be a bit lighthearted and funny and everything else as well. Uh, what have we got on the weekly news 
um, that's out there now? Um, well, it's good news in one respect, but sad in another. Um, an organization nicknamed RABI, which is Royal Agricultural Benevolent Institution, um, help farmers out financially, have opened up a 24-7 helpline. So if you're a farmer, farmhand, workman, stockman, whatever, and you could do with having a chat with somebody, you can ring them now and get some uh, emotional support, shall we say, which is actually quite good. Oh no, that's good. Um, what going along those lines? And um, I don't know if you saw, especially this morning. I've been helping quite a few veterans out, um, and one in the last few days that um, he's had a few emotional issues and problems since leaving the army, um, trying to adjust to civvy life, and um, had a couple of times where he's tried to take his own life and. And things like that. So I've had a good chat with him and different things, and probably a lot of the passions he likes, like bushcraft and stuff. Hopefully, pushed him on to another couple of people I know to get him out doing bushcraft and occupy his mind and do stuff he likes. But um, I donated him two of my books, my uh, recipes from the Hedgerow book, and uh, the, from the start to the heart, the first one with the black eye. Oh yes, <laughs> I, did ta- I did tag you in it on Facebook and say um, this. This one comes with a. Uh, a warning label, doesn't it, Greg? Um, it does. I actually missed that tag, but I yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's on there. I did it this morning just before we started this podcast. Um, but no, he's received the books through the post this morning. Um, and he's quite excited to try a few. How we actually got talking to each other was through um, a post on squirrel shooting and recipes. And then we sort of met on this this post on a page. I think it was Brendan's post that page. Uh, the Grey Squirrel, I think it was, um, and then you know got talking about recipes and different things. And he put a recipe on that he was doing with all this Cajun spice and all this sort of stuff. I said that's going to come back to haunt you tomorrow. And then I saw him <laughs> the next day, and he said, got back from a morning hike and all this just in time. The squirrel's revenge is just appearing. <laughs> <laughs> I told you with that mix of spices, that was going to upset your guts. <laughs> I said to him, so I said to him, do you want to put the bog roll in the fridge? Yes, um, I made that mistake last week. I made some more jerky and I used a bit of Cajun spice on it. I thought I'd try yeah. something different. Um, I had to drink a pint of milk while I was chomping on my jerky, Rob. It was a tad warm. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but did you have your teeth in or were you just sucking it? I had my teeth in, thank you very much. <laughs> Did you see I helped a veteran out last week? Uh, refresh my memory because it's been so manic. One day's <laughs> wrong to another. Right, as you know, I started the Countryman's page, which is just my like oh yeah. page. Yeah, the one. And the we had the 500th giveaway, and it was won by an American. It took me two weeks to get hold of him because apparently his um, internet had gone down, and apparently their internet in America is just as crap as ours. <laughs> So he finally got back to me. He said, hey, man, you're the UK. Don't worry about sending me stuff all over here. Pick a veteran over there. So I put a shout out on the page. And a gentleman called Sean was um, brought to my attention. A veteran, he had done 35 years combat, Rob. Well, that Which is more than you're 22, isn't it? Yeah. That will have its own um, depth of problems as well. Yeah. Anyway, so I had a chat with a buddy of his and um, Simon, and he told me he'd suffered two or three issues and everything else, including beating throat cancer, would you believe? Well, fair play. And he currently is um, hunting with birds of prey and stuff. He's gone that way. But he does do a little bit to air rifles and stuff. So I already had the goodie bag here bar a few bits from you, wasn't it? Yep. Sent you down some bits from uh, Ely and Jack Pike and things like that. Yep. So, without Sean knowing, he received um, quite a substantial box off me the other week. And <laughs> I got a message on the page going, um, I've received this. Is it actually for me or has somebody got this wrong? So I explained what had happened. He's like, 
Oh, wow. And I don't know if you saw it. Did you see the picture he posted holding his peregrine falcon and all the box of bits? Yeah, yeah, on the lawn and stuff we had there. Yeah, that was him on the lawn as a thank you picture back to me. So I've done a good deed this I did like it and leave a comment. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, uh, I think I'm... Quietly. (laughs) Well, um... I mean, obviously, you know I head up the Masonic Fishing Charity for Somerset. Part of our remit is dealing with um, soldiers with PTSD and that sort of stuff. So um, I'm looking at... It's not going to be this year, because we're not doing any events this year because of COVID. We've we've taken last year and this year off to rebuild everything. And um, next year, I'm going to look at putting a veteran's... Well, not just a veteran, a veteran and serving personnel... um, fishing day on all completely paid for by the Somerset Masonic Fishing Branch sounds good um, you know and, and, you know we've uh, <laughs> I mean I've done it before I mean I've you know the veteran veteran with no arms um, and he said how am I going to fish I said that's alright so I borrowed an automatic reel where you can strap it in and you, you put it into like a holder and uh, you control it with his mouth with a little switch ideal and it reels it in and does everything so yeah no uh yeah, we got we've done all sorts um out right there but you know we don't just do soldiers and we do you know kids with special needs anybody <laughs> you know ladies with breast cancer you know helping them strengthen their muscles up chest muscles back up and all this sort of stuff because <clears throat> believe it or not fly casting is a wonderful thing for doing it yes so but yeah no uh yeah no a lot of work there both sides you know and i think I think our veterans do need a lot more support than they get. There is support there, but I don't think it's as easily accessed as, as it accessed as it makes out it is. Um, no, I think it's a bit like mental health general. The wheels and the cogs turn, but they turn extremely slowly, which for some people sadly isn't fast enough. Well, I don't know if you saw Alan's post last night. I did. Yeah. No straight away as soon as I saw I just got back in I was late in as soon as I saw the post I jumped straight on the phone and phoned him to make sure he was alright you know did he need me to go down grab him by the belt buckle and pull him up by his nuts and say wait you alright but no he's not he's head switched on he's a good guy uh, but I love Alan's approach because he likes to say well let's hang on let's look at this a different way and with a different approach <laughs> um, you know and he's typical green blooded squaddy you know, I don't know how many years it did, 22, something like that, I don't know. Um, and he finished up as a WO2 and he went right through. But I love his attitude and his his attitude is like, you know, um, someone says um, something about it and his attitude was, I don't give a... <laughs> that's how it is, yeah, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Uh, you know... Um, I just, I just love his attitude and I, I you know I, I love the military attitude anyway but um, it, <laughs> a, it was quite funny but yeah it was quite funny I got on the phone to him last night and we went quickly from yeah I'm alright to hang on I think I'll have a glass of whiskey well I'll have a gin and tonic and then we started yabbering on we ended up finishing on dog training <laughs> <laughs> so, you know just as, just as we sausage and chips landed on the table just touching on this subject now i know it's now public knowledge ptsd and military and everything else um we always bang on about how tough the older generation used to be some of these guys did world war one and two rob and never spoke about it and just went back to life and carried on they must have had balls of steel to do that well yeah but then you know to be in some cases like al said last night sometimes you've just got to man that up yeah do you know what I mean it's like you know the army or the forces they build you up to a certain way and different things and you know why are you leaving you'll never be any good on the outside so you stay in here do this blah 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 and then when you get on the outside the support's supposed to be there and it is and it isn't and you know you've got I mean obviously you've got to ask for it but I think I think people need to be chasing people up a bit more rather than waiting for people to ask. Yeah. And, and do you know, 
seeing a veteran or anybody on the on the streets. Uh, that's why I've helped SOTs quite a lot in the past, soldiers of the streets. Um, I, I mean, I've obviously helped help for heroes and different things. Um, you know, it's like this one I've just helped just recently. Now, I'm not sure if SOTs helped him, but all I know is he's now got a flat. He's got very little furniture or anything else, but he's now got somewhere um, to live in. He can, and he's, he's sort of holding his own. Um, I don't I don't think there's a definitive answer but there is other ways of dealing with things and trying to trying to help our vets out I mean you know yes they are heroes they've served the country um, but ultimately you know they are people you know they are they may not have been a superior soldier. I'm only saying soldier. It could be a nableman or anything else. Um, you know, they might not have been a super soldier. They might have been an average soldier. They might have been not a very good soldier. But they did. They serve. might have been a marine. <laughs> well, we won't go there. They don't count. Um, <laughs> Air Force. <laughs> well, they're all right for making the tea. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and dropping some relief packages in, you know, for you know, just in case we run out of tea. Um, yeah. But you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> you know um, th- th- there's no definitive answer, and you know, people do need help. But like I say, sometimes you just gotta man up. Um, I mean, we all got problems in life. There are mechanisms and ways of dealing with it, but you have got to get the help. But like I say, you've got to try and ask for the help a lot of time. But I don't think enough people of these backup services are chasing up and checking in on guys and girls that have come out. No. Um, you know, enough. So it, 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 there just needs to be more done. But ultimately, as an individual, you need to help yourself as well. Um, you know, it's, it's no good, like, you know, when you're trained, you're trained to be self-sufficient and independent on yourself, as well as your teammates or whatever else. So yeah, when you're in this position where things are a little bit rocky, you've got you've got to help yourself a little bit. And to, and to help yourself and do things on a daily basis, um, you know, something simple like just getting out of bed and making a cup of tea for, for many is a mountain to climb. The strength it takes to do that sometimes. Oh, People yes. don't understand this. People are easy to, to slag off mental illness and mental health and all different stuff. But sometimes just, just the sheer courage and strength to put your feet on the floor and make a cup of tea in the kitchen. Um, but again, little steps and... Yeah, man up a bit. You know, you've got, you've got to. We, we all carry a cross with us, um, civvy or or ex-servant. Um, days don't always go to plan, you know, and different things like that. So, you know, I, I was fortunately, you know, my my granddad, for instance, ex Royal Navy man and boy, World War Two, D-Day landing veteran, drove the landing raft up onto the beaches. Um, the stories he told me there, you know, he was on the Norway convoys. He was uh, King of Oslo's personal guard, taking him back when they liberated Normandy. Um, uh, Norway, sorry, not Normandy. Um, you know, and again, he didn't tell me stories that were brutal, as it were, to a degree. You know, not that, you know, it wasn't blood and guts and all the rest of it. But, I mean, he told me many stories. But again, he carried his crosses. But every day he manned up. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, I mean, like I say, he was washed in the blood. I mean, one of his best mates, they were on ship and they were taking fire and everything else. And next thing you know, a, a rang come through and took his best mate's head clean off his shoulders, stood right next to him. He said, he, he said, I couldn't believe it. He said he was still stood there with no head, and then fell over. He said it felt like a lifetime. And his brains going over his head and all sorts of different things. You know, um, he, he told me all sorts of stories, you know, and, and you know, what some I remember about the Norway convoys, how bitter cold they were, you know, and, and, and he talk, told me about the cold. I remember watching um, with him Band of Brothers and um, it was it was the, the episode of about Bastogne. And he actually told me about Bastogne and that winter and how getting supplies through and all different things. Um, and he explained to me about what happened right across the front, not just at Bastogne at that time of year, and what happened around that time. Um, and it was, those were tough boys. 
Those yeah. were tough lads, tough lads. I mean, they didn't have the equipment we got now, you know, and they were they were tough lads. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't realise, even though France looks very, very pretty, how bloody cold it gets during the winter and how wet it gets during the winter. Yeah, of course that. Some of them boys knee-deep in them bloody trenches in mud. Yeah, now this is going to be interesting. I'm going to say change the subject. Go on, so, Well, I'm looking out at all the beef cow, not the field out the back, but I want to pass that. Uh, they're all led there at the minute, but they get a bit flighty, these young cows. And some daft old bugger with his, well, looks like a Highland Terrier, is taking a walk right through the middle of them. Oh dear. <laughs> At the minute they ain't bothering them with him, but because I think they're a bit warm and all let down, but they're looking. I've got a feeling they're gonna have an interest in that little dog in a minute. What's he doing? He's not doing circles. What's the matter with oh, one standing up? He's still just scratching his head and everything else. Hmm. What are you doing? You know where I'm on about, don't you? Straight out the back where you got the field next one behind yeah. two oak trees in it. He's now stood there with his hands on his hips looking at the cows. Get out of here, you idiot. You're going to get trampled. I think it's because these cows are so hot, they're let down and they ain't bothering. Yeah, for a minute. <laughs> in a minute, you're going to see if you can make the fence in 30 seconds or not. <laughs> what is he doing? He's walking around like he's lost. Is he all right? I don't know. He's just sort of stood there looking around his circles. Right, folks, place your bet. Cows or the dog? Place your bets. <laughs> well, they're looking at him, but they ain't bothered standing up. That's quite surprising, because they've been running around that field like a lunatic all morning. You know, like when well, cows yeah. got on grass for the first time, they've been out there kicking their heels up, because the field out the back, they were on that one. And then Hugh, he's, he's moved them to the next field over on some fresh pasture, and they've been running around like a lunatic all morning. And, now they're uh, now they're just led down chilling out. Now they had one cow out of one, one beef cow and lots stood up and looked down. Well, he's still, still sort of half stood. Well, I don't know what that means. I tell you what, you know, you see some right mollies and bloody agriculture and stuff and different things. I can't believe you walk right through the field with a bloody beef cows in it. There's a proper, like, track all the way around the outside where the footpath goes. Oh, dear. Well, you know, because this is, I was selling this the other day, a statistic, I think it's. I think more people are killed by cows in the world yearly than, than sharks. Yep. Well, now we've got five cows stood up. Oh, dear. Like getting close to the fence, though. Oh, no, make that a... To a quote a very famous You said no, because you'll hear all the mooing. Rob. What's that? To quote a very famous horror movie from years ago, stick to the roads. <laughs> Don't veer from the road. Oh. Of course, you know, about, you know, well, American Werewolf in London is what we're talking about there. Now, when I was, do you know the story about when we did the school trip uh, to Exford and we were, at a, we, were, we were away camping for a week? And, I've heard uh, we, the story. We were in the youth hostel. <laughs> in fact, I wrote about it in Big Cats 1, I think. You did? Yeah, I did. Well, <laughs> I always remember, now, like, after half of my year, we were all army cadets and and stuff like that, you know, and uh, farm boys and all this sort of stuff. And like, oh, can we bring our pen knives in that with us, sir? No, but you can bring a fishing rod. Well, we're all mm -hmm. fishing. In the fishing box, was always our, we always had our knife in the fishing box anyway. So... We're in the youth hostel that night, and I always remember it. Like, do you remember the old Pac-Man? And you used, used to be able to get like the video game, but it was like a flat tabletop one. Like yeah. you get them in the clubs years ago, like the youth clubs. That and there's they had one of these, and we were playing Pac-Man and stuff on it. And um, then we had a movie night, and it was uh, American Werewolf in London. Well, that <laughs> night, we were going out for a night hike up to Dunkery Beacon, so we could see back to Western Supermare and all the rest of it. <laughs> so. Uh, now, unbeknownst to Miss Perkins, now Mr. Johnson, he was a big, big old boy. He loved his caving and his rock climbing, his abseiling, all that sort of stuff. But Miss Perkins, um, she wore 
like pebble glasses. She was good friends with her. Uh, is it Tony Robinson, the bloke that plays um, some Baldrick. In, in Baldrick in Black Adder? That's him. Well, she was good friends with him because he came in the class once to do a talk with us. Because um, he does time team. Yeah, it does all the history stuff and worst jobs in England and stuff like that. Yeah, so but that was the geezer who came to see us in the class. Well, anyway, Miss Perkins got these bloody thick pebble glasses on. Now, <laughs> she is night blind. As soon as it gets dark, oh, she can't see. Yeah. She can't see the. She couldn't see the end of her nose, right? Without lights on or anything, right? Who's leading us on the bloody on the night hike? Miss Perkins. Miss Perkins. Mister Johnson's at the back. Right, so we're supposed to be staying at the truck, like on the track. Now, bear in mind, we've just watched American Werewolf in London. We then jumped in the, in the school minibus, and we've gone from the youth hostel in, in Exford all the way up to the bottom of the Exmoor there onto Dunkery Beacon. Uh, so we, we follow up this track, and then you notice, know like on the moor, as a fog comes in. Yeah. But actually, no, we'd known that's wrong. I tell a lie. We made it to Dunkery Beacon up at the top. It was lovely and clear. And we could see Western and Minehead and all the other bits, and um, and Wales. And then all of a sudden, the fog came in as we went to walk back. So Miss Perkins is taking the lead. We're being led by two girls, one on each arm, so she don't fall over, right? And the fog came in, and you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. Well, you could see because it was a full moon. So you know, it's like being in the fog and a full moon. It's sort of everything lights up, but it's you can't really see. Yeah, it's a bit like being in the disco and the smoke machine goes off. Yeah, yeah a bit like that, right? So, <laughs> there, of course, what happens? We lose the path. And we end up in something like a like a Saxon burial mound or something like that it was. I can't remember what it was. It was like, I remember being a massive pile of rocks and all sorts. Um, I, mean, I was only 14. Right? So we've lost the path. Everybody's bunched up. Mr. Johnson's come up. What the bloody hell are we doing over here? The path's over that way somewhere. Uh, and Chris... Miss, Miss Perkins got us lost, sir. She said, I am night blind. What? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. We'll find out. We'll find the path. Stay in line. You know, so like several have said, well, we're army cadets, so we'll, you know, take the point and take lead. And as it was, I took point. But just as we're about to walk off, right, and the fog's come down, one of the farm dogs, and you know what it's like on the moors, a dog owls, and it could be like three miles away, but it sounds like it echoes rock and it's ghostly sounding, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Like that, right? So this happens. This echoes through through the through the moors, through the fog. All the girls freak out, oh my god, we've lost the road. Oh, it's the it's the werewolf. Because we've just <laughs> been watching American Werewolf in London. At this point, <laughs> at this point, all those lads go. Right, out with the knives and machetes and all sorts were coming out of all directions. The teacher's gone, <laughs> I told you not to let them, give them to me. We sort of went, bugger off, you get your own, let me eat you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so, so, we start, so we've gone off in staggered formation and I find the path. Now, I get the path, everybody comes back in line and I still take in lead. Now I've gone about 20 to 30 yards ahead of the next man behind me. And they're all like, you know, in a line coming down the path. They're making quite a bit of noise, you know me. I mean, I'm proper country where I tread quite quietly. Now, as I'm coming yeah. down this track, now it ain't the track we came up on. It was a, as it was. It was another track they came out round and come back round by the bottom of the river, and we had to come along for another about quarter of a mile. And we found a minibus. Um, but we come on this track, and as I'm coming down this track, I still remember it now. It's like to the left of me was a couple of trees. It was as we got to the bottom of the bottom of the, towards the valley. It was a little like stream to the left of me. So I could hear the water. But on the track, I could see in the moonlight, in the fog, I could see what looked like a big rock. You know, like a big boulder. Yeah. And all of a sudden, something black, I mean, it, it could have been brown from what it was in the light, but it was I'd say it was black, sleeked away to the left. Now, in my mind sight now with experience, I know exactly what I was looking at. It was a black leopard. Um... And just by by the way by by the way it sleeked, um, and uh, it, you know it was a big cat. And uh, when I got to this rock, it wasn't a rock at all. It was a sheep, and it was still alive, but it wasn't so much puncture wounds. 
sort of puncture wounds, but it had the cat had had it round the throat and was basically suffocated it. Right. So it was dying and it was still kicking. So I found a rock and smacked it over the head and put it out of his misery. Much to the girl's disgust and Miss Perkins nearly fainting and Mr. Johnson went very white and, <laughs> and everything else. So we got back and we got into Exford and uh, there's the pub just across the road from the youth hostel. I went there a couple of years ago to like reminisce and I'm looking and, and in the pub and we were allowed in for a Coke into the, you know, we had a Coke took us in and the farmer was there and this relayed the story and he went, oh, you've seen old Tiddles then or whatever he called it. I said, well, yeah, I said, but one of your sheep, I've smacked it in the head. He said, oh, he said, I'll tell you what, tomorrow morning, he said, I'll come and get you. He said, if you don't mind, not so he said, no, that's right, you can take him over. And we went we went up and found the sheep, and there it was. And and uh that's what it was. It was it was well, I'd say it's a black leopard, but you know, it, it could have been a cougar for all I know at that age, but in my mind's eye what it was. But little did yeah. I know that at the same time that I was there on on a, on a camp, Danny Nynan was there tracking this beast and doing the stuff for the, for his the big cat man. All right. Now he was there at the same time as I was, but neither one of us knew each other. I was a schoolboy, and he was he was a grown man doing the big cat stuff. He was not the same. Danny's old, but he's older than us. <laughs> he's old as the hills, that boy. Yeah, and then the hills is bloody old. <laughs> Mind you, if you see a picture of Danny back then with the hair and the moustache, he looked like a seventies porn star. Oh yeah, Ron King had nothing on Danny. <laughs> <laughs> No, Ron, is it Ron Jeremy I'm thinking of? Yeah, Ron Jeremy, isn't it? I don't know. I've never watched any of that stuff. You said a minute ago you were watching porn. Pigeon porn, squirrel porn. I bet you watch the foxes down the dell. Yeah, but I weren't watching any of them bloody howling monkeys doing it. <laughs> bloody weirdos. But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was that. Uh, a bit of comedy for you. Well, a bit of comedy for you. You know I've got Goose the Cocker Spaniel. Yeah, it was a darling little puppy. Yeah, he's a, a little shit as usual. Um, <laughs> he's, he's all right as a character. He sat here looking out the window of the cows at the minute because I got the French windows open. Um, and uh, the my neighbours, you know, the two uh, the two two young ladies who like each other. Yeah. Um, they they've got some cats and they have got one uh, that had since a kitten is born. This black cat with white feet and they call it socks. Right. Well, Goose and this cat seem to have taken up a love-hate relationship. <laughs> and uh, so as soon as the door opens, he's out there and he's chasing this damn cat. And this cat jumps over like the other does. All right, get back here, you little bugger. Leave that cat alone. At this point, he comes running back and the cat chases him back. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do if either one of them catch each other, but <laughs> neither one has yet. But they do, they chase each other around. Probably be like Tom and Jerry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking Butch, you know, Butch the dog, where he gets on the cat and goes, yeah. "Boing!" I told you to leave my boy alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, So what about but, really like each other? Do you know my darling son, who's nearly twelve this year? Do you know what he's coming with yesterday morning? Go on, him. Boys must be lesbians because they like girls. <laughs> Well, that, don't you don't dissuade him. That's a good good attitude. <laughs> and he's a privilege in telling mother. It's like, oh no! <laughs> God, your mother wasn't. Oh, I bet that went down like a lead balloon. Yeah, poor Cara said there went. You what? Well, look at it this way, Mummy goes. Lesbians, uh, girls are like girls, so obviously boys must be lesbians to like girls too. And then he carried on playing the Xbox with a big smug look on his face. <laughs> Carl looked at me and went, anything to do with you? I'm like, nothing to do with me. <laughs> this is just a proper boy and he just looks here that way. That's not, you know. So it's like when, it's oh, like last week when, uh, when they, they asked me, well, how do I view lesbian relationships? I said in high definition, wasn't the answer they were looking for. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm a red-blooded male. Oh, you yes. Know? And, you know, I will say, like, and I've said this before, certain women look good in lycra. Certain women should never wear lycra. And men absolutely should never wear lycra. Including those that with a bicycle stuck up their arse. 
Oh, them idiots. Jesus Christ. <laughs> don't, start, don't start me on the Lycra loonies. <laughs> yeah, God. I, had to, I, I, I was with a, a policeman the other day and he was like, we were talking firearms and stuff and things. And, uh, and he said, oh, well, I like to go. And I said, oh, you're not a bleeding Lycra loony as well. Good God. It's the world's gone mad. So, around here, I reckon they all think they're on the Tour de France or something because they all like eight abreast. Yeah. They don't like coming face to face with a 20 ton tractor with bloody A on the back, I'll tell you. No. <laughs> yeah, so, um, well, we're getting to a point where we better think about rounding it up. So, um, well, one I... last giggle for you. You know, I've been teaching Scott, my student. Yep. I said, would you like to have a go on my other two rifles? Because he's already got two, two, and two, four, three. He said, where are they? I said, well, 17 HMR and 308. He went, oh, yeah, I'd have to shoot them, see what they're like. So we had to go on the 17. Of course, it's a bit like um, a very, very fast 22LR. Yeah, not a problem. And so I said, I'll just double check the 308 here. And he was sort of half scrolling on his phone. I don't know where he was checking his messages. Of course, I fired it. And with that, he bounced up and down and left the ground about three feet. <laughs> <laughs> but he had to go up far and he's like, cool, there is a bit of a kick in there. You know you fired it because it's two four threes like mine. It's very, very balanced. But my yeah. old 308 Remington 700, and even though it shoots like street is mustard, it, it let you know it's fired it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't, you don't hang around. No. Yeah. So but uh, he's had a go on all of the all of them now, including the two two three, the two four three, he's two two two, 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 and the seventeen. So because he's already got seventeen on his ticket, but he's in two minds what to get for it. Yeah, do you know what? the seventeen is not really a favourite round of mine. I it has its uses, and the only reason I've got it in the arsenal is I'm dealing with a lot of jobs and like. Especially with the oh, you little bugger! That's my angel biting. Um, <laughs> he's, having chew, he's having a chew on my thumb, then little sod. Um, yeah, uh, like I say, I'm doing say the golf courses and things like that. And a lot of open ground, and these rabbits are causing a lot of damage. And I need the two twos. The I love my two two rimfire. Absolutely love it. But if you bite my hand again, you're going to get a clout across your router. Um. And uh, it's 17, it's just got that bit more reach when I need yeah. it. Yeah, that's fair. Stop looking at my hand like it's a lamb chop and licking it. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's got that bit more reach, 17. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's a loud crack of a round. It's expensive. Um, you know, you've got a head shooter rabbit. If, you, if you've got any variant, you just blow great holes and things and the meat's no good. So... It's not my favourite around. I like a nice little quiet tutu. Um, and uh, I'm thinking about writing Rimfire Revival. Have you written Rimfire Revival Part 2 yet? Yeah, we're on three if you write it. Right, okay, I'll write Rimfire Revival Part 3 then. Um, that gives me an idea for another one, another column this month. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, for me, and it's not just because I'm an Ely brand ambassador international or whatever. I've always loved the two two. Um, it, it's that it's that farmer's go to rifle, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and it you know, it's like last night. Last night we were doing sporting rifle at the club, Tuesday nights is sporting rifle. And um, I went down and used the old BSAs down at the club, open sighted. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to say I still haven't lost my touch. I put in it it's only twenty five yards, but at twenty five yards I put in a group in on targets that I would have been happy with with a scoped rifle. Oh, I and, do. Uh, you know, and I'm like, gee, I had lost the touch then. I mean, it took me, I don't know, five shots to, to work out what the gun was doing and then, then get my head in it. What are you doing, you little git? <laughs> Is there chewing someone? I want to make sure he's chewing. What are you eating? Okay. That's can eat that. It's not the carpet, thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I put in a lovely group in with the two. And it's lovely, and it was, you know, just it just is a lovely little round. And, uh, you know, we just, I we started off with the Air Arms and the Air Arms Field Diablos and the S510 Armour Sport, and I, you know, 
I stuck in a group. It seemed to be last night I went cross-eyed from zero in everyone's rifles. They were like, okay, I'm a rifle to shoot straight. Rob, can you zero it for us? Bloody hell, I spent more time zeroing rifles than I did doing my own shooting. Oh, bloody hell. So I went cross-eyed by the end last night. I said, I'm going home, I can't see straight. <laughs> I said, so I said, like the old man, he had he, he passed me his air rifle. He said, Can you zero this rifle? He said, There's something wrong with it. I said, No, I said, I think it's operator error. And I looked down at the scope and bloody hell, I must have been blind. I went, God, no wonder you can't shoot, you must be blind. And I was like, God, blow must cross eyed. It was like putting on pebble glasses. Yeah, and put it on backwards again, isn't it? <laughs> oh mate, don't tell start. That was so funny. Like I said, when he bought he bought the um the twenty two forties from me and he wanted a, a pistol scope and all that. And it was a red dot scope. And uh he came in and he said, Don't he said um, he said this this pistol's rubbish. He said, Trust you to sell me a duff one with a duff scope. I said, What do you mean it's a duff scope? I can't get it to work. I'm out like that. And I opened the case, I went, picked up one, and there's your problem. I said, mm-hmm. Well, I said, Well, it's nothing to do with a gun. I said, It's operator error. He said, What do you mean I know how to shoot? I said, Yeah, but you got the scope on back the front. <laughs> so, I, said, when you put, I said when you hold the gun up you got the dot in the middle of your forehead oh man I remember you sending me the picture saying what's wrong with this picture <laughs> yeah what's, wrong, what's wrong with this gun <laughs> oh on about uh, did you see my post about a young lady on Instagram during the week uh, did I I can't remember again you'll have to refresh my memory mate I've been uh, once you start telling me I'll remember us but she was, she's one of the ambassadors for several different brands in America. And you know, like our gun power stealths and all that? Yeah. It's the um, Air Force brand out in America. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. <coughs> and she's there, got this little video, and she stood in like, this nice horse barn. And I, this is my go-to critter round and everything else. And it's got no bloody scope on it. So I pointed out within 12 hours, my comment was deleted. <laughs> 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 yeah oh man well do you know there's this twice that uh what was it the other rifle that dad brought me an air rifle said there's something wrong with the scope and he's there and i'm looking on it and of course he's the, the mounts were already on the scope it was a second hand scope so he just stuck it straight on the gun he said i can't get this thing to focus nothing and i went well that's because you got the scope on running the wrong way you daft idiot <laughs> i said it's like looking at the binoculars the wrong way everything will look miles away <laughs> I'm like, oh, for God's sake, Dad, what's the battery here? Oh, dear. I suppose we better finish on a joke like we normally do. Go on, then. Right. A woman comes home and she catches her husband in bed asleep with her best mate. She's in a fit of rage and everything else. She ran into the kitchen. She grabbed a razor-sharp carving knife, ran in the bedroom, grabbed him by his manhood while he was asleep and cut the lot off. The meat and <clears> two bits, <throat> gone. Gasp. Oh, my God. So she runs out that she runs out the house. All don't know what she's doing. Still got the man of the meat and two veg in her hand. She jumps in the car, driving down the road like a lunatic, goes past these copper. Cop car pulls out behind her, and she's seen in the mirror and she, oh my god! She threw the man in the air, and the meat and two veg hits the windscreen of the cop car. And the passenger <laughs> culprit says, "Pull that woman over for littering." And the driver says, "Never mind that nonsense." He said, "Did you see the man on that fly?" Oh dear. <laughs> I, 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 I clean that up somewhat. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, anyway, what do we say? How do we say to end this one? Uh, it's good night from me. And good night from him. Catch you later, folks. Catch you later, Mucker. Bye. Cheers.